Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. It's time for another episode of At The Bridge Pod, your number one Chelsea FC podcast, Coming up on this episode... Omari Hutchinson. He's going to be the next Zinedine Zidane, isn't he? Let's talk about it. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. And I'm joined in a virtual room this cold Monday night, filled with Lions, Ollie Verth and Chris, the whole team. It's technically the final World Cup Monday before the Premier League kicks off again, because there's no World Cup next Monday. It's finished. It's done. Um, with that, what were your highlights from the weekend? Ah, what could have oh. been? What could have been? I, I don't want to talk I, about the weekend. I just, you know, it's, t- it's still too sore for me to I, talk I about. Got, I got introduced to the new Free Lions for Christmas song and I I, I don't need to add anything to I just, I just, I just, it's just too sore. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't talk about them. Croatia, France, repeat. Oh, that'd be exciting. Oh. Big up Morocco, though. That's big up Morocco. Amazing. Like, wow. Ziyech. What a baller. I can't it, wait to see his YouTube. We should logs. sign him. We should we really should. sign him. We that is a player we need. Him. Creative, amazing. Uh, I've, I've got, I'll say... <laughs> what about you, Chris? What were your highlights? This has got to be a highlight. Uh, I did get to stay in on Saturday. My game yes. was So... In the warm, had a lovely sausage and egg sandwich. Stayed Ooh. in the warm. That's the oh. highlight of my whole weekend. That's my hi- the highlight of my weekend was hearing that you got the morning off. I, I-, I thought it was. I thought that would really cheer <laughs> morning off. Do you know what? It really did. <laughs> uh, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, five oh five Kane. He did tweet to say, "Where was the NFL talking recent weeks?" I mean, I don't like the 49ers, they're a rival, but I gotta I'll give a shout out because ding, he's ding. asked. Yeah, Brock Purdy, he was Mr. Irrelevant, which means you were drafted last in the draft. So lovely title to get. Uh he's the third string quarterback for the 49ers, and he beat Tom Brady's uh, Buccaneers on the weekend. So fair play to that man. Absolutely amazing. You know, I, I, um, I w- Mr. Irrelevant, not anymore. How how old is Tom Brady now? Uh um, like four hundred. He's, he's like Tiago. He's his tenth life now. He's like yeah. He's older than Tiago Silva, I think. I think he's older think than Danny like Alves. Forty-five. He's forty-five. How are you? The how whole... are you? Just winning Super Bowls, approaching middle age. Wow. See, I think someone like Ronaldo probably looks at Tom Brady and thinks that that's going to be me. But actually, I just it, it won't be. I, I just it, don't think it's it what the be. other Ronaldo looked like by forty-five. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to find. Is it was it Ideal Home? There was a film that Paul Rudd was in, and it had Tom Brady, in, and it explains how he um, keeps going at his like at his age. And I, I need to find it because if I can find the film title, everyone will just then go, "Oh yeah, yeah." It was. If you ever meet Paul Rudd. Please don't like. Please don't say, "Oh, I really loved you as Ant Man," or "I really loved you in whatever comedy films." In specifically mention the thing about about Tom Brady, 
and uh, and you'll make his year, I'm sure. And and then tell Paul Rudd that at the Bridge Pod mentioned him on a podcast, and eventually we'll be able to get him on here. Right, well, he's, he's a friend of the show. He is a friend of the show. <laughs> right, it's a comedy drama series called Living with Yourself. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It was on Netflix. Never watched it. No. I've, seen it. I've seen it on Netflix, but I've never actually watched it. Right. That sounds like one of those things that they kind of like, you know, there has to be something to like go between all of the actual good stuff yeah. on Netflix. <laughs> so it essentially follows a Paul Rudd's character and he has a treatment that's meant to give him a better life and a lure. And it's basically they kill him and make a clone of him that's better. And there's like Tom Brady comes out of the clinic and it's like, wait a minute, is that how he doesn't age? <laughs> Ah, yeah, it's, it's actually an all it's actually pretty decent but before we kick off we did tweet out yesterday the question what did jude bellingham say to harry kane after he hit his shot clear of the crossbar you all delivered unlike harry kane and 505 505... oh, no it's too soon it's too soon <laughs> it's never it's too soon for that spursy bottler you've it's heard never it. too soon you've heard you know it what? <laughs> No, I'm not having it. I know. Chris, Chris Berth, I hate Berth, Harry Kane. No, Berth. no. You've he, heard. No, Harry Kane. Harry Kane is a legend for England. You've heard of Maybe. Elf on the Shelf and now Kane on a plane. Uh, <laughs> 505 no. Kane, he said, if this was the NFL, that'd be three points. The Seahawks may be calling you tomorrow. 505 Root said the strike was worse than gas station sushi. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Right. News. Quick one, sort of. David Ornstein tweeted that Chelsea are exploring the possibility of bringing Yusuf Makoko to the Stamford Bridge. Uh, it's a move that Chelsea is certainly not done, but other Premier League clubs are under the impression that it's advanced and are watching closely. We spoke about this on Friday's show. This is certainly obviously a more credible source. Uh, it, it, look, if he joins, he's still relatively young and undeveloped. You know, I doubt he'd help solve our problems anytime soon. But it's kind of obvious that Bowley and Co are hell bent on placing as many wages on up and coming talent as as they can in the hopes that even a few turn out to be successful. <laughs> I think Ollie said that as well on Friday, didn't you? Yeah, it's like it's a numbers game, isn't it? Like you know, if you if you get ten world class talents on, on on your books and you're paying them all a stupid amount of money, you know, five or six of them might leave. Two or three of them might be okay, and then one of them will be an absolute world beater, and that's the one that you you cash in on the rest to keep him. That's the plan. That's what we're going for. Um, yeah. Anything to add, lads? Before we move on to another one more bit of news that I know has caused the debate online. Um, no, I, I just think with the, um, it just seems like this is the philosophy of Bose to get all the really good youngsters in the world, and like I said on a previous episode, it's almost like a, a really good business model. Like you buy them, if they don't play, you can always send the Solomon for uh, for profit. So it's a good model to have. I'm not knocking it. No, let's go for it. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, I, I don't know if those are going to be ever... I think you've had a, a tough enough weekend as, as well, you know. You Better than being see. linked with Harry Kane, isn't it? I mean, look, come oh, on, he, he, no. play, he plays no. for Spurs. He plays for Spurs. No. He's got it bad enough. Come on, he's got it bad enough. Oh. Uh, My right. heart's still breaking. Right, this comes, and this is the debatable thing, from Footy Insider 24-7 on Twitter. And they've said, Mauricio Pochettino has reportedly told friends, I don't know who the friends are, I want to know, but that he would uh, love to manage Chelsea. And Todd Bowley is becoming increasingly alarmed by Graham Potter. I don't know why. Maybe Graham Potter's done something. Maybe he hasn't texted him back quick enough, left him on red. Don't know why he's alarmed. 
<laughs> what do you, do you think? Pochettino to the bridge? It's a nothing story. Clearly, it's a nothing story. Absolutely no chance. <laughs> uh, the thing is, as well, it doesn't Mondays even say, aren't boring. It doesn't even say that Pochettino, you know, has spoken to Bowley or Bowley's exploring his options, really. Like, it, you know, it, it, it's got the same equivalent of if I just turn to you guys because you're my friends and I go, hey, guys, I'm thinking about, you know, it'd be great for me to manage Chelsea. And then someone writing a news article about that. It's a complete non-story. It won't happen. Oh, um, it, what, what do you think, Chris? Oh, I, I agree completely with Ollie. I, I think it's just another one of those clickbait stories where... Journalists got to find a way to make their money. <laughs> yeah, the headline doesn't really tell you the story, does it? it you know, it, it'll be like Pochettino wants to manage Chelsea, and then everyone will click on it, and it'll just be, you know, that he's told some friends, great. But that I'd like, I'd like to win the lottery. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, m- most managers would want to manage Chelsea. Yeah, time. you get a great payout when you get sacked. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, it's kind of one of them stories where you just need to let it go over your head, like Harry Kane's penalty would. You know. Exactly. So. Can we not? Can we not? <laughs> right. Against Premier League competition. You know where we're going. Chelsea's warm weather training camp in Abu Dhabi came to a close. Uh, John McGinn's early goal served as the deciding factor between the two teams. Grand Potter's team lost to quite an experienced Villa side, 1-0. And it was experienced considering looking at that line versus our own. The, the performance, from my point of view, it was kind of exactly what you'd expect from a team of mostly youngsters. There are a few okay performances, a few bad, a few great ones. Uh, I came away from the game thinking Amari Hutchinson deserves some first-team action this season. You know, he was oh, he was absolutely incredible. And the fact that we got him from a rival in Arsenal, that, that just makes it taste so damn nice. I mean, what, what did you make of his performance, guys? I thought he was electric. I, you know, I, I thought he offered something on that right-hand side that we haven't seen in so, so long. And that's just the willingness for one of our wingers to like take a man on and put a ball in the box. You know, so often we focus so much on the sort of the passing game and, you know, and, and occasionally he'd cut inside. He just seemed to have really good decision-making as well. You know, that was something like, that, that struck me quite a lot. I think, um, I think Arsenal have really missed out there. Mm. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It actually wanted a bit of Hudson Adoy. That performance, like when Hudson Adoy first burst onto the scene, is like a promise, like of explosiveness to his game, and like a raw talent there. And, um... Not dissimilar to Saka, actually. You know, yeah, who's from the yeah. same academy. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And, uh, obviously, Saka's been balling as well. And I do think Hutchinson's got a really bright fruit, uh, future. And, you know, obviously, we've got Man City soon in the FA Cup. So that may be a good game to uh, throw him in and, and see what he can do. It worked for Lewis Hall. Um, Lewis Hall played well in the game. Again in the Carabao Cup. So if Hutchinson can put that against a Premier League team in the FA Cup, then he might get more minutes in the Prem. So yeah, real, real good performance from him. What 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 did you make of him, Chris? Yeah, like the lad said, it's an impressive performance and I think made more impressive by the fact that he was up against Villa's starting left back and starting left sided centre back. He it's not like you look you looked at our team and it was mainly under 18s, under 21s, whatever, academy players. This was against pretty much Villa's starting back four. So the fact that he was so creative against those sort of Premier League players, it it, it was impressive. And I think he was probably probably the one who caught the eye the most. 
I, I mean, I'll be honest. I did see the lineup and think, what is the point of this game? Because uh, like these players, the young players, they're still playing anyway. So mm. I don't really see what we got as a first team. I just don't really see what we got out of it. I think that I, was my problem. I think. Um, I forgive me, Chris, if this isn't correct, but I thought it's probably it was probably a good chance for Potter to actually have a look at some of the younger players, like in a, in a group, and see who shone. Yeah, I think that's yeah, a good point. Was. I just don't. My, I, I would like that if I thought they was then gonna be involved or have a chance of being involved, but I I don't think they will. I think. Do you not think Hutchinson will get a get a look in after that game? No, really, I don't. I'd be annoyed uh, if he didn't. That was, that, that almost could be the equivalent of the Monday hot take. I think because I think when you look at it, we were saying that he 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 could. He should get some minutes, but in place of who is is Potter going to get all of these players back from the World Cup? Like Ziyech, who's having a good World Cup, Pulisic, Mount Sterling. Is he going to leave them on the bench when? Let's face it, he is under a little bit of pressure, not from normal people, but from the out, outsiders and your fair weather fans. He is under a little bit of pressure from them and the media are, are never too far away with Chelsea of making everything a crisis. Is he going to leave those players out and, and play Hutchinson? I just, no, I can't, I, I just can't see I do see, see what you're saying, but I, I could certainly see him getting minutes in, the, in a cup game, for uh, sure. We we're not in any cups. Well, we were in the FA Cup. Yeah, we get to play against City. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the, the, the reason... <laughs> That's what that's what annoyed me about that Man City tie, though. Not just the fact that it's Man City, obviously, but normally the early rounds of the FA Cup, you do get. Normally, you get you know Championship, League One opposition or lower end Premier League teams who are also going to make changes. But Man City won't. Man City will put out pretty much a full strength team. They might put one or two in, like a the backup keeper. But the the thing is, so we can't afford now to go into that and give people minutes and see what they can do because. But we've got if he gets a, knocked you know, out of another cup early, you know that that's when the sharks start circling. Then. Oh the, yeah. The, the thing is, is we know that we've got bad problems with injuries, uh, and it happens uh, at the moment. It's happening every season, so it's actually quite nice in terms of the winging the wing positions to actually have a few more options than we've currently got. You know, it's a long season and, you know, there are there is going to be rotation, there's going to be injuries, there's going to be all sorts of factors that, mm -hmm. you know, I think he'll get his chance. I do. Mm. Well, I hope so. I, I, I just hope that if when he does get it, he takes it. I mean, it, interesting you mention injuries. Uh, right. Amanda Brogia, he went down screaming. Uh, I mean... That was horrible. It was horrid. It? I, uh, it's kind of one of them things where you hear it and you just think, okay, whatever's happened here is king horrific, you know, and he was holding his knee in, obviously in, in the friendly and on Twitter, Dr. Rajpal, whose Twitter is at three CB performance tweeted that multiple angles of main concern here, especially from the second photo with his leg externally rotated and some knee valgus is an ACL injury. Also possibility of an MCL injury. We're awaiting more info. Um, right. From my point, that was the end of the tweet. Just to clarify, because I'm not a doctor. I'm 100% not a doctor. But from my basic knowledge, an ACL tear could mean up to nine months following, obviously, surgery, whereas an MCL could be two weeks out for a grade one and a year and up to eight weeks for a grade two. 
do, do you believe that this means we must go into the market next month for bringing a forward? No. No. There's no there's no reason. But we could to get panic. Cristiano Ronaldo. But there's no reason to panic by anyone. There, there just isn't. We've got enough options. Ronaldo's free. <clears throat> He's free. <laughs> he doesn't cost anything. Just drama. Yeah. Uh, you don't pay with money for Ronaldo. All the Twitter uh, followers we'd all get. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's. I, I think, you know, between Havertz and Aubameyang, Havertz and Aubameyang can do the job. And to be honest, the fact that Broyer was even getting a sniff around them was a testament to the fact that they weren't doing their jobs properly. So hopefully that gives them a little bit of a kick and maybe even a bit of assurance going, now that we don't have a youngster breathing down our necks, we can actually play. But I don't know. You know, it could be any, you know, you never know what, what Potter might try out. It might try Pulisic at, um, at false nine or something after the World Cup. Could try Sterling. So, there, there, I don't know. There's a lot of options there. I, I, I don't personally see how signing a player in January, adding to our already inflated wage bill with a panic signing is going to make our current situation any better. No, I totally agree with Ollie. And to be fair, look at last year, we only had Ikaku and Havertz. And now you, you can argue we've only got Aubameyang and Havertz. So we did it last year. I know we struggled a bit with goals, but I'm sure those two can do a job. They need to sort of give more for the team. Now is as good a time of any. You can't panic by. And Ronaldo, I just think, yeah, he probably would get your goals, but... I mean, he wouldn't have scored long... the penalty, would he, Berth? <sighs> oh, Wow. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair it probably wouldn't have been on the pitch to score the penalty that's so, a good point I mean, it's a good point so, but you know I, I just think with the, the baggage that comes with Ronaldo I think you definitely need to stay away from him I mean for like so, if you did like a six month loan thing I could see it sort of working out but it's just like it's you're, all you're doing is you're like inviting a big stick of dynamite into your house you know with and like, you, uh, you know you're a big fan of candles what? you know like it's it's it can only go one way with Ronaldo, it's like, do you remember the game Minesweeper on, on your computer? Yeah, I've no idea how to play it, but I play it. Yeah, so basically, the close, like, you'd have to click squares and you get close to a bomb, and any time you get close to a square, it just blows up. That'd be Ronaldo, like, you know, it just, <laughs> it's like a ticking time bomb with him, like, something's always going to happen with him. It's just too much drama for, I don't know, a six month contract would just be ridiculous. So, yeah, stick with Aubameyang, stick with Havertz. You could play Pulisic, yeah. You could play Sterling there if you have to. I just don't think we need to panic buy anyone. Chris, are you panic buying your CR7 shirt? No. I, I do agree that I don't think we should panic buy anyone, but even before the Broyer injury, if you'd asked me, do we need a forward in January, I still would have said yes anyway, whether mm. we had him or not. Because my issue is I don't think Aubameyang, Havertz or Broyer at the minute are good enough. So I would have been looking at the market anyway because I don't think we get top four with our forwards. I just I mm. can't see who is gonna who's gonna score ten goals out of them. Aubameyang is probably the most likely. But yeah, that's fair. But it's it's not that likely. That's pushing it. it. But and exactly, and I don't I don't think this year I don't think we'll be able to ride our luck and get top four without having a forward hit 10 goals. Yeah, especially it's, Newcastle as well. Yeah, it's. I just don't think it's feasible. I, you know, we've been getting away with it for a few years now. So uh, eventually your luck runs out. And so I'd have been looking at a forward anyway. Because but I don't is, think... it, is it not better to just go in the summer? There'll be more people available. 
Yeah, I did. I mean, I did. I suppose it, it depends whether you think you're going to get top four or not this season. Like, if that really is the hinging difference, I I think we probably won't get top four this season, even if we did buy a striker. No, well, that, that's the problem, isn't it? It's going to be difficult, even if we did bring in someone who was going to score ten goals. So, if you say that we don't, I, I don't, we ain't got a chance. And then you're looking at whether we can get Europa League because the issue that we've got. With Potter, and you know, people have been very critical of him very early, ridiculous, but you know, this squad just ha- hasn't got the right balance to it. it. It's not going to hurt teams enough for us to go on a run of winning games. We're going to be the only way we do that is if we do a very much like what Tuchel managed to do when he first came in and get us to not concede any goals and mm. then just hope. That you win games one nil. That's but I don't think Potter's ever going to set us up that way, and rightly so because I don't think he should. I don't think he's going to go for let's just keep clean sheets and hope to win games. If he wants to be a long term success, he has to implement his style, which is a more attacking, adventurous style of play. But he's going to be doing it much like he did with his first couple of years at Brighton with players who can't finish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's. <sighs> It is going to be very interesting what we do in January. I think we'll we'll sign someone. I have no idea who it will be. I I don't know. It'll be some wild card from the World Cup. Well, I wouldn't be shocked. With with this game, I would like to make a comment overall. I mean, people who claim that this game served no purpose, I I feel respectfully incorrect in such a view, because you saw the effect, the significant effect that the preseason friendlies had when we played fewer of them in the summer. And as a result, we started the season behind schedule. You know, this is this. I know it's. I know it kind of sucks because obviously we lost. The apart from Amari Hutchison's performance, it's not a ton of positives. But we need to get ourselves ready for the Premier League relaunch, and these games are pretty much essential. And when it comes to December twenty sixth, there obviously we don't play then, but there are no more excuses. You know, that's what Kundi had remarked at the beginning of the game. you know, Liverpool lost three one against Leon. If that makes you feel better, everyone. Um, and they had Salah. So, I do agree with what you're saying, but I, well, I, I would if we had any of the first team involved. But you look at that starting eleven, and even I mean, I don't think the subs bench had a first team player on it. I think it was all kids. I don't even think Trevor Chalaba was fit, was he? He was on the bench, no. but he wasn't fit to so, play. No, the only, something happened the in the only players. The only players in that team that started who have got even a chance of starting against Bournemouth on the 27th are Jorginho, mm-hmm. Kukurea yep. and Aubameyang. Outside of that, none of those others are going to start. Not a Put single some one of them. respect on Bettinelli. I mean, he's not Rob Green. 80% of them aren't even going to be on the bench. So that's yeah. why I'm saying I don't think we've got anything out of it. Like, a little bit of sharpness for Jorginho, Kukurea and Aubameyang. But, mm. I mean... I don't think that's going to be crucial to that. But think that about Bournemouth it more. Game. Think about it more big picture. It, no, it might not be for the Bournemouth game. But think about how much those players, and certainly the better of them, will be having you know played the equivalent of a of a first game. You know, even if it was a friendly, like a first senior senior game for Chelsea. You know, if you're thinking about that, and you're thinking about Neil Bath's new um, strategy with the club. You know, like how he is trying to integrate the academy more. Things like this, we're probably going to see a lot more of. But, and this is the kicker here, 
that's only going to be useful in any way whatsoever with successfully transitioning those academy players into the first team. Yeah. And based on that, we haven't seen that yet. However, every all the other evidence behind the scenes seems to predict that we will. Yeah, right. I, I mean, you are right. I mean, like you, like like we were, you were all saying earlier, if if Hutchinson gets on the bench against Bournemouth or even started, you'd say, okay, that was worth it because he's obviously, he's picked him out of that training camp and that game and said, he's ready to come into the first team. But I just don't think he will. <laughs> he might make the bench, but it'll be an unused sub. It'll be another one of them where afterwards, when you ask the question, they'll use that old cliche, oh, it's good for him to be around the group and see how we operate. But I, and then it just makes it pointless. And I think that's the, I think that's the problem that I have. Like it, it, what you're saying, Ollie. If it worked that way, I think it'd be brilliant. If you know Hutchinson played really well, and then if Potter says to him, "Fine, you took your chance in that friendly." The players coming back from the World Cup are going to be fatigued, probably mentally as well as physically. Mm. So here's your opportunity. Go and take it. That would be great, but I just can't see it happening. Yeah, yeah. A- any closing thoughts, Berth? No, I mean, I, I totally agree. Um, the, I think the friendly has served a purpose. I, I don't see Hutchinson starting against Bournemouth, and I do agree, Chris, that Aubameyang, Jorginho, and it was his own Kukurella would be the ones starting for yeah. Bournemouth. Um, I think Hutchinson, yeah, is a very impressive performance. Um, and again, like Lewis, when he played against Man City, I thought impressive performance. But I do think there'd be some fans or majority fans read really, that would probably be annoyed if Hutchinson was to start against Bournemouth. So I don't think yeah. he should. And <laughs> the fact that you can't just throw him in not that in a Prem game and he hasn't had any Prem experience. A friend he's, is just, he's just played it, against it, uh, he's just played against Villa Villa's but like com- Prem defense. Completely, yeah. completely, completely different scenario. No there's no pressure in a friendly. Absolutely no pressure of friendly. You wouldn't have guessed that by uh, the YouTube video comments. No, no, but th- there's there's no atmosphere in a friendly. There's, I mean, where did they play? Was it in Dubai? Was it or something like Dabby, that? Abu Dhabi, yeah, Ab- yeah, Abu Dhabi, right? If we played them at Villa Park, would you start him then? No, you wouldn't. You know, it's it completely different atmosphere, different scenario. So I don't think he will start or should start. I'd like to see him on the bench, yeah, if he got minutes, but. I'm just saying he's, he's good enough. I, no, I, I want to see him start. But, I want to see him start. But, Not but you, well, you, at least play. You, you can't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. None of you would start him over Sterling, Pulisic, Havertz, Mount. Like I know they've been. They've not been great, but you can't just start. You, you can't just throw him in like that. To you, be you fair. To be fair, considering how social media suggests about their thoughts on Graham Potter, one of us might have a chance at the job. So, hey, <laughs> yeah. uh, right. Just a quick one before we do go. It is Monday. That means it, we try and get in a hot Monday hot take. We judge an opinion. You get the idea by now. Is it as hot as a Carolina Reaper? Is it a complete load of nonsense? Uh, I spotted this beauty over on Reddit and it read, still a couple of years to go, but as of right now, I can't see us giving Ben Chilwell a new deal. Ooh, that's spicy. I, I, I think he'll get a new deal. But hey, what, I'm what do not you think? sure, you know. Ooh. I mean, yeah, I'm with Ollie. I'm like, with Ollie. Okay. Well. Only, yes. only on the basis that because he's been so unlucky with injuries, he hasn't really had the opportunity to show us fully what he can do consistently. And if somebody is, you know, availability is is an ability all of its own. 
And if you know, it's not, it's not dissimilar to the Kante situation. Mm. Um, you know, Kante's is a bit more immediate because he's older and he's injured currently, yeah. um, like quite badly, and um, and he's only got a year left on his deal or whatever it is anyway, six months now, I suppose. Mm. Um, but Chilwell, you could, I could certainly see that situation becoming Chilwell's situation if he, if he doesn't continue to sort of stamp his mark on the team, what and do, it's through do, no fault of his own. That's the thing. What do you think, Chris? To close us out. No, I agree. I agree with Ollie and Buff. I, I, I think it wouldn't be guaranteed. I think the fact that he had that that first long term injury, you sort of forgive. But then, when you have a second one, you do start questioning whether he's going to be reliable. You think Cucurella's already there as an expensive signing, who's going to again demand minutes. Mm. If Chilwell keeps getting injured, then eventually we're going to be looking at a backup to him. That mm. makes that means that puts us in a position where we have three left backs again. Then you add Lewis Hall into that, who's quite possibly going to have his breakout season. He could quite easily take that place. He could take it off Cucurella, let alone off Chilwell. So <laughs> I, I do think, unfortunately for Chilwell, he is in a position where when he comes back, he's really got to have a really good season under his belt to make people start thinking about offering him new deals. Wow. I'd love to see what listeners think on let us know on twitter or on the discord with that thank you for listening again treat yourself well treat yourself with that respect because you deserve it listener uh we we've come to the end of another episode about the bridge pod we'll be back on friday to do a news roundup and i believe next week we'll be doing our christmas quiz that'll be that'll be entertaining oh yeah jingle bells we'll get there we're gonna i'm Mm. looking forward to it i can't participate because i'm the i'm hosting it so but hey it'll be fun and uh on friday we get to find out if chris is going to lift the former blue trophy i i oh is it i was going to say i will but seems a bit harsh he hasn't won it yet it's not it's not over till it's over chris no that's all i'm saying (laughs) right yeah so till friday that will be us signing off You've been listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching for At The Bridge Pod. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, leaving us a review is always appreciated.